What's going on, everybody? Hypernova has started podcasting. Yes, I know everybody's wondering, yo, what happened to Twitch? What happened to YouTube? Well, honestly, I've been thinking about doing podcasts for a good while now, and I just I just never got the motivation to. And here recently with my uh, stack schedule and everything else going on, um, I decided that, you know, maybe doing podcasts is going to be just a little bit easier than recording and editing videos. I'm still going to be streaming on Twitch, but as for right now, it's just going to be uh, podcast and streaming, as far as I know. So, in today's podcast, I'm wanting to talk about Apex Legends Season 4, just kind of getting an intro into the series that I'm trying to build up, essentially. It's just going to be split into uh, tips and tricks and then just updates and how the gameplay is going. So today I'm just going to do a quick run through of just kind of everything and uh, we'll progress from there. All right. So the intro to this series, tips and tricks. Essentially what I'm wanting to try and do is provide everybody with the latest tips and tricks on how to improve your gameplay and how to apply it in public matches versus ranked matches because I I play both. Honestly, I play a little bit more ranked than I do public matches just because ranked seems a lot more strategic in general. And uh, I'll definitely be talking about that a little bit later in this podcast. Um, Tips and tricks. And then on the other hand, it's just going to be mostly updates and how how Apex developers are trying to shift Apex Legends and what I think they have planned for the future. So, let's go ahead and get into this first little segment. Public matches versus ranked matches. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and know. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that love to play Apex just for the public matches. It's just a casual gameplay to them. But for people like me, I see it as a great opportunity to definitely get in some of the uh, the ranked feeling, you feel competitive, you rely on your teammates, you find a good group of friends that you can play with, and essentially just go ham and rise through the ranks, because getting from bronze all the way up to Apex Predator is just such a good feeling. It shows that you've put in the work, you've put in the time. Now, not very many people have that kind of time, and they just, they just want to play for the casual hop on with the friends of the evening for dinner or whatnot and that's perfectly fine there's nothing at all wrong with that so your public matches in apex season four your public matches seem to be a little bit more aggressive than they have in the past seasons you're we're looking at like a lot more w key and and i think a lot of that is due to your ranked players just need a break whereas ranked Ranked, you're going to need a lot more strategic playing. You have to focus on the circle, your teammates. You have to plan everything out as the match progresses. Whereas in public matches, you're not wasting any RP trying to rank up. It's just go ham, have fun, do whatever the heck you want. Um, Your ranked matches has turned into um, very team strategic based 
um, you have to pick out your loadouts precisely um, depending on whether or not you're gonna have a Wraith player, Gibraltar player, Watson, you can have a different combination but what seems to be the meta so far is having at least a Wraith player on your ranked team, a Gibraltar, or a Watson. Those are going to be your top ranked lobbies. And these circles, these circles in these ranked lobbies are getting so, so small that that's why a lot of your team picks are Wraith, Gibraltar, and Watson. Because when it comes down to it, especially when the circle gets into a much smaller building, you're going to want that Gibraltar for that shield. You're going to want that Watson to hold a certain area because as soon as someone crosses that fence, they're shocked, stunned, slowed down. That's the time to eliminate them. And your Wraith, your Wraith can definitely help you out in a pinch because when it comes to, for example, if you're stuck in a building and the circle has gotten so small that it's blocked off the exit and it's going to do a lot of damage by the time you get out, that's where your Wraith player comes in. You can use her to pop a portal, just go around, open that door without even taking any damage thanks to her tactical. And that becomes very handy, especially when you're trying to get into tight spots and you're trying to get the upper hand or better positioning on someone, then having that Wraith player definitely helps. Gibraltar, Gibraltar's good because of his shield. Now, there are some pros and cons to his shield. He is definitely a bigger boy, so he definitely can be the damage taker, whereas the Wraith and the Watson, not so much. Um, especially when the circle gets small, it's definitely good to go ahead and pop Gibraltar's shield and use his ultimate to go ahead and rain down his airstrike, because that alone is going to deal a lot of damage, and people don't have very far to run unless you're in a building-based location. Now, if the other players are outside and you're sitting there camping inside go ahead and pop that shield use watson barricade the door or caustic preferably watson because caustic straps are definitely going to slow down the teammates caustics can be played very well they're they're just not as good of a help to the team because his gases are going to slow the other players down so it's best to have a watson to go ahead go ahead and barricade those doors that way when gibraltar for example does drop his ult they're going to try and run through that door they're going to be stunned or they have to take the fall so it, it leaves them with two options now um for example wraith wraith can definitely go ahead and go through fences using her portal and being able to use your tactical ability to be able to phase through those lines that way no one's really going to take any damage watson watson's good for especially in tight areas barricading fences as i have mentioned multiple times but also you can lay down her ultimate and if anybody's trying to grenade spam or drop an ult a gibby ult on top of you that ult from Watson, her little trophy system is going to eliminate and eradicate every missile that tries to come down within that circle. So, right there is your meta team for ranked playing. <clears throat> now, talking about other legends for ranked, I mean, you can definitely use them. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to edit that out. Now, 
Talking about your other players, for example, Pathfinder. Pathfinder is definitely good, especially when you need to know the next circle. He can definitely get you into higher places so you can get your better positioning, but there's also the risk of, hey, it's out in the open and there's a possible chance that other players and other enemies can take that same path. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Crypto. Crypto is good for trying to find your enemies, trying to ping certain locations, trying to see what's the best plan to get a better position or get the upper hand on the enemy team, especially when it comes to final circles. Bloodhound. Bloodhound, even though he has been buffed this season, which I will be talking about just a little bit later, he's good for spotting the enemy when you're wanting to engage in a fight. But other than that, his ult doesn't really help much in the midst of a ranked fight. Yes, it does have damage uh, reduction, but as when it comes to the final circles, his tactical, his passive become almost pointless. Lifeline. Lifeline, um, she's definitely good for a quick revive, definitely for the shield while being revived, and her tactical, being able to heal a teammate, it's nice, but in times where in ranked matches when you've got people grenade spamming and once a shield has been broken or two shields have been broken and the enemy team knows it, her tactical uh, drone is not going to help much because that by the time that you even get half of your health up from her drone, the enemy team's already going to be on you. Bangalore. Bangalore is definitely good for smoking out areas so that the enemy team can't see where you're at or if you're just trying to smoke the enemy team out so that they don't know where they're going to be going or where you're going to be approaching them from so it's definitely good to have a bang in some cases especially with her ult her ult will definitely slow down the enemy team and deal some damage but overall um she's not going to be part of the meta moving on we are going to be talking about caustic i already mentioned some of caustic Caustic's gas is definitely good for later times, but it does slow the enemy team down. His Nox gas is definitely going to um, eradicate a room of players if they're trapped and pinched in there and you've got the upper hand. But overall, as a Caustic player, trying to play aggressively with him is not the best subject or not the best way to play him especially in ranked matches because he's definitely not an aggro player he's more of a defensive player and when it comes to the final circles in ranked you're going to want to play more of a passive aggressive depending on what type of upper hand you have on the enemy team if you don't have much of an upper hand then uh, playing passive will definitely be in Caustic's favor but if you have the upper hand on someone going aggro with him there's not much you can do with his gases unless you want to be able to trap them in a building and throw his Nox gas in there. But that's about all he's useful for. Octane. Octane, just go ahead and leave Octane out of the picture. Yes, his, his jump pad can definitely help you um, get to some higher places, kind of like a Pathfinder. But his speed boost, like, Octane is so self-reliable. His his tactical abilities 
or sorry, his tactical ability, his ultimate ability, and his passive in general are just not team focused. So there's no point in playing Octane, especially in a ranked match. Moving on to Mirage. Mirage just, no, no. Let's just go ahead and say that, no. <laughs> um, ultimately, Mirage, he's not that good for ranked play either because his abilities are so self-focused as well. Being able to bamboozle, yes, I'll throw the enemy team off, what, for like a split second? <laughs> um, bamboozle, his ultimate where he disappears, that's self-reliable. It doesn't really help out the teammates. Um, to be honest... I actually forgot what his passive was. Um, does Oc does Mirage still have a passive? I mean, nobody really plays him anymore. The only reason why they played him was just to mess around at Mirage Voyage. But there now, let's be honest, Mirage, he's just there for the laughs, not for the gameplay. Okay, the next one. I already talked to you about Watson. Watson's... Um, I mean, Watson and Gibby, I've already mentioned, their attacks, ults, and passives are really handy, especially in ranked play. Wraith, I've already mentioned with her portal and her phasing. But let's move on to a new character, Revenant. Revenant was just introduced here into Season 4. And honestly, my take on him, he's such an aggressive self player except for his ult. His ult is the death totem. Now, in my opinion, it definitely needs some sort of buff because honestly, you're going to pop that death totem and anybody can use it. Ranging from enemies to team players, you have to position that death totem in such a way that the enemy team is not going to see it and that can be used to your advantage. For example, when you go through that death totem and you take damage, it damages your main health. And by the time you reach 1% and go back, like it's going to send you back to the death totem and you need to pop a medkit instantly. Now, if you don't position it right and your death totem is in the storm and you've popped it, go ahead and say sayonara to your, your whole thought process because by the time you hit zero on that death totem you're going to be flying back into the storm and you're going to die instantly it's it definitely needs a little bit of a buff in my opinion its tactical ability is pretty nice so being able to silence someone and prevent them from using any of their abilities that is a nice little addition being able to restrict somebody for example that's definitely good against wraiths because they rely on their ability to phase and not take any damage. So if you eliminate that from her, then ultimately she can't get away and that's one player down. Just being able to silence your main player's abilities is just so handy, but I feel personally that it doesn't last long enough. You have to be able to be up close and in that fight and use that tactical ability. Otherwise, by the time you reach them, they're gonna the passive sorry the tactical ability is gonna be gone. And Revenant's passive ability is being able to climb higher and move faster while crouched. That's definitely good in a lot of these uh, buildings. 
on this new map. Actually, it's not really a new map. It's just different. World's Edge has a lot of high, tall buildings that a lot of players can't really access, whereas Revenant can. I think, ultimately, going into Season 3, getting ready for Season 4, I believe the developers at Apex had plans for World's Edge and they knew that Revenant was going to be a key factor. Um, I don't know if they realize how much it's going to affect a lot of your other players. Um, the only ones that really benefit in World's Edge are Revenant, Octane, and Pathfinder. Other than that, everyone else has to take the zipline and risk getting shot. Unless you know your movements and know your ways around certain areas to be able to get to those high places without risking the loud zipline that's going up. So that's just an overview over your ranked play, your characters, and uh, we're going to go ahead and take a short intermission here and uh, let you all know who the sponsor of today's podcast is. everybody we're back unfortunately um, I was not able to add a sponsor to this um, specific podcast due to the Apex Legends intro theme but that's all right I'd rather have Apex Legends intro theme than a sponsor because that's what these podcasts are all about Maybe later on I'll be able to add my own little remix of Napex Legends intro. That way we can definitely add our sponsor to the podcast. And that way uh, for every listen that you all give to me, I will be supported. Alright, so moving on. Uh, talking a little bit about your public matches. Um, I already mentioned that you know they're more about kills. Players are less willing to hold back. And it seems like a lot more WKing is going around in these public matches and I say W keen mainly because I play on PC uh, or just using the Ford stick as much as possible um, your public matches just overall seem like no one really cares because it's just a break from ranked matches to all these other ranked players your plats your let your apex predators my bad golds everywhere so your public matches don't really, there's no risk of losing. Nobody really cares if they lose. They haven't lost anything. So you're going to see a lot more aggressive players trying to play in there, trying to push on you when typically they wouldn't be. So that's one thing to keep in mind for your casual players. If you're looking to play public matches, go ahead and make a smurf account because you're going to see way too many sweaty players out there just trying to just do whatever they ha- <laughs> whatever they want, you know? Alright, another topic I'd like to cover is the System Override Collection event. Um, it's definitely a change of pace, especially for all the skins. The skins in this event look so freaking cool. I mean, it's... They definitely put some time into this one. Rather than back in Season 2, there was an event I participated in that the skins just looked god-awful. <laughs> I couldn't stand them. 
Uh, having just a little bit of coffee. All right, so uh, a couple things I'm going to go over are the are the Octane skin, um, some of the patches that they added with this collection event, um, the new game mode called Deja Loot, and a couple different uh, just buffs they implemented that I think were very much needed. Uh, going to the Octane Heirloom. This heirloom is a butterfly knife with a phenomenal animation that they added to it. I really, really enjoy it. It definitely shows a little bit more of uh, the personality of Octane and how crazy he truly is. and Just willing to flip around the knife and not care. Um, especially considering it's got his little green juice in it, whatever it's called um, but it's definitely a nice touch for Octane. Octane needed an heirloom. I know a couple friends that wanted one because they are Octane mains and uh, they are really excited about it. Um, going over how to get the heirloom. Ultimately you're going to have to spend about $140 just to get the Octane heirloom. If you have that much to spend on the game, considering I spent a lot of money trying to get my Wraith heirloom. So, 140 is definitely a lot better than spending the amount that I spent just to get the Wraith heirloom. Let's just go ahead and say that. Talking about some of the patches that they've implemented with this system override event. One thing you may have noticed and not really paid attention to. Have you uh, seen that it's a lot easier to hit your targets now? Yeah, there's no muzzle flash. Muzzle flash has been completely removed or died down for the most part. Um, that has definitely helped in general with a lot of these players complaining that with just stock sights, iron sights that these skins have, you can't get much done. You can't see anything. Even with the red dot and the one-time sights, you really couldn't see anything due to the muzzle flash, and it's really frustrated a lot of players. So they took that out, and it definitely has helped with aiming, being able to laser your opponents, depending on how your aim is. The next thing I want to talk about is the Bloodhound buff. Bloodhound has the tactical ability to where he's able to scan an area and see who's within it, I believe for 1.5 seconds. Just kind of give a general idea of where they're going. Now his tactical ability reached a certain boundary and people felt that that wasn't much at all and Bloodhound started to become less played just due to that fact. Now they took his tactical and not increased it by two times but three times his scan radius. It is now three times further, and ultimately, it's made Bloodhound a more aggressive character. Playing Bloodhound, being able to initiate that tactical ability right before you go into a fight is the greatest way to be able to use this new buff instead of in the middle of a fight. I mean, why would you want to use that in the middle of a fight other than like, you know, you've knocked somebody and you're afraid they might, might I can't talk, apologize. They may get the res off, so you're gonna pop that tactical ability. But other than that, 
using his new radius to enter a fight, being able to get the upper hand and see where the enemies are, go ahead and take position and start the fight, that has definitely made Bloodhound a more usable character now. The next buff I'm going to talk about is the Sentinel. Yes, the Sentinel Sniper Rifle. <laughs> Apologize about that, guys. Um, currently, I'm at work, so on occasions you might hear a little ding in the back. So, talking about the Sentinel buff, the Sentinel buff really, really needed this. Um, so, instead of doing 135 damage to the body, I believe it now does 160 or 165 for a damage, or sorry, for a body shot. And that's including the shield battery that you can add to it. So it definitely does a lot more damage. They've lowered the reload time by, I believe, about 0.5 seconds. So overall, they've made it more of the heavy sniper that it needs to be. Because honestly, reloading that thing felt like it took forever. Now it's not so bad. So overall, those are a couple of the buffs that they have done. Uh, one small thing that they've changed that I personally don't like is they've lowered the ability to hold more items. So your shield batteries now are two in a slot your shield cells are four in a slot same for your um your syringes they are four to a slot your med kits are two to a slot and all your throwables are down to one per slot which really really sucks because i missed being able to hold about two three four if need be instead of taking up four slots for just four throwables it's up like it sucks your ammo definitely has had a decrease instead of like 80 you're now holding about 60 if I'm not mistaken I'm trying to go based off of this from playing in the past few weeks so that has definitely lowered that that's uh that's covering a lot of your patches the main things that they covered during the developer video that I did not watch unfortunately I probably should have before I recorded this podcast but that's okay that's okay the next thing I want to talk about is this deja loot game mode deja loot is a headache and a half but is so fun deja loot the loot is in the same place every single day for this whole week until they change the map to King's Canyon no matter what match it is, as long as you land in that same location every single match, the loot is going to be the same. Now, it does not apply to your drops, your care packages. The loot in those are going to be different. The care packages will drop in the same spot, same time, but they will not have the same loot. Me and a buddy figured that out the other day and we're like, okay <laughs> so that is this definitely removes the RNG factor to where you land somewhere and you're like well whatever I get I gotta go with this can definitely be used in for example your competitive play to remove that RNG and to be able to 
play more strategically. Knowing where items are can definitely be a big help factor, especially in a game that's a battle royale base. I mean, you've never really heard of places having the exact same loot until fairly recently in Apex. So that's definitely a nice touch that they added. The circles, uh, the circles will be same every single, actually, sorry, every match, the circles will be same, but it changes every day. So every day, the circle is going to be switching to some specific spot in the map, and every match you play that day, it's going to be the same. Same for the dropship. The dropship changes position every single day. Moving on to what's coming. Next week, actually this week, depending on when you listen to this podcast, this week it will be changing to King's Canyon. Now, a few weeks ago they did bring King's Canyon back, I guess more or less like a test. It was during the Valentine's Day event duos. You got to play in King's Canyon for a little bit. And I think that was a way of them like, hey, let's test this, make sure it's good to go for this collection event that's coming up. And honestly, I'm excited to be able to play King's Canyon again. It was fun for the few days that they had released it back. And now it's coming back again for a whole week. And I tell you, it's going to be amazing because that's where everybody got their start. Everybody remembers dropping Skull Town and Market... It was just overall one of the best maps that everyone really enjoyed. Now, not to say that World's Edge isn't good. I really enjoy World's Edge. It's just King's Canyon where we got. (laughs) It's where we got our start. So that's more of like a nostalgic feel. And it's the original map as far as I know. It's not going to be the changes that they made where they destroyed certain parts of the map for the creatures that were walking through it's the original map no destruction nothing's been changed as far as i know the loot ticks are going to be back as well so keep that in mind for when you are going to be dropping during the deja loot the ticks should be in the same spot as far as i know no matter what keep that in mind and uh, when somebody mentions, hey, how did you hear about that? Just let them know your boy Hypernova told you. Ultimately, that's as, uh, that's as far as I had planned for this podcast. I don't have anything else to add currently. Hopefully, the next podcast, I will be going over a couple tips that you can use during your ranked play. And after that, I believe we're just going to be switching it up back and forth, either maybe to two podcasts a week or one podcast a week. I haven't fully decided, but definitely subscribe to this podcast channel. Be sure to um, check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash hypernova. I will be streaming as soon as I can get my motherboard fixed, hopefully. But check me out, drop a follow, and be sure to invite your friends. Tell them to check out the podcast. And I will definitely catch you all in the next episode. Talk to you later, guys.